Welcome back, folks, to another edition of Fire and Ice Sports. As always, I am your resident fire and one of your co-hosts, Evan Smoke. To my right today, in person, after a remote break, will be our local ice, Bryson Wheeler. Um, we are sitting here in our studio off a grandpa's house, but all things considered, a uh, great summer, great to be back, uh, finished a freshman year of college. Um, I've returned home from the University of Georgia. Bryson is well on his way to Georgia Southern this fall. Um, we're all getting things set. Um, we're getting a quick shout out to our alumnus high school team from the Ware County Baseball Gators. They are en route to their Final Four destination as they will face off against Stars Mill tomorrow. Um, to anyone listening, please check out 912sports.net if you are listening to this before uh, tomorrow, I believe, which is May 15th. So, May 15th, about. 5 p.m. We'll have a doubleheader in the f- Final Four. Um, Bryson, how are we doing this afternoon? I'm doing good, and I want to wish the baseball players good luck. They're playing really good baseball with series wins over Union Grove, McIntosh, and Cartersville. Great walk-off hit by Lane Steedley last week. Really exciting games that we've been to lately, and I just hope they can keep pulling it off. Nobody expected them to be here, really, and they just got hot at the right time and need to keep that going. Yeah, sometimes teams of destiny don't come out of nowhere. They come out of, you know, hot streaks and people who yeah. just want it more. Maybe the Gators, you know, they've played like it so far. Hopefully they can continue that, you know, ability, morale, whatever you want to call it, as they move up to take on the Stars Bill. I don't remember their mascot. I don't either. Not but, even play Panthers, I think. Maybe. That sounds about right. I think they're Panthers. Um, I also want to say, I'm pretty sure this is our first in-person podcast in a, over a year. Probably. It's, been yeah. a it's good to be back time. in person. Yep. Uh, pandemic, college, busyness, you know, separated a lot. But we are back in the studio, uh, sitting across from each other, you know, massless. Uh, it's kind of nice to have that ability once more. But Okay, so let's open up. We're going to go back to something that we did a while back. We're going to start with a trivia question to open up. Do you want to ask yours first or me? No, I'm in the thinking mood. Let me go ahead and try to answer this. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and open him up with a trivia question. And we're going to keep point whoever gets them right, you know, and keep them up with them for, for the next couple weeks. Okay, so in the 2012 NFL draft, who were the top Three quarterbacks selected. All three of them went in the top ten. Mm. I might be wrong about this, but was this was that the Andrew Luck? Or the yes. Okay, so this is the Andrew Luck draft. This so is Robert, Luck. So Robert Griffin the second went second, and mm. Robert Griffin the third went second. Yes. And the third quarterback taken. Got the top that two. And I I knew you'd probably get those, but now so this, this one stumped me when I heard it. So this is probably like. Probably pick six, seven, eight, something in that range, I'm thinking. Um, I'm trying to think. Who's been, the time, who's been out there as long as luck has? Neither of those guys have started jobs anymore. So. Nope. So the 11th season. I cannot think. I'm, I mean, I could sit here, and if I sit for long enough, you know, I could probably get it, but just for sake of time, I'm not going to be able to get that third one. Well, I'll give you a little hint. Just to, it, He's in the upper 20s in age. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, upper that, 20s. 28, 29, one of those, I'm pretty sure. And he's on a fairly solid team. I'll give you one more guess. 
that the year of no, no, never mind. No, let's not say that. <laughs> Let me go with last ditch effort. way early. I don't know. It's Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Eighth overall. That's right. Out of Texas A&M. All right. I was getting that right, too. I was trying to say Colt McCoy. <laughs> he was before that, I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was drafted in 10 or 11. Yeah, I was about to say. He was right with Tebow in age. All right. You got your question ready? Yes, this is a little uh, probably easier, but it's a little more out there. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, will welcome fans this fall for the first time into their new stadium. What is the name of that stadium? Oh, I've seen it. It is it. I re- off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure it's just letters and then stadium. I want to say it's NRG Stadium. No, NRG Stadium is the home of the Houston Texans. Okay. Allegiant Stadium Allegiant. is the name of the Las Vegas Raiders' new home. Okay, so we're both 0 for, 0 for 1. All right, so let's get into sports. You want to start off with basketball first? Start us off on a good topic? No, nah, let's, let's, let's progress and go up. So uh, let's so start with the, do- with the depths of our uh, Atlanta Braves. Um, one of the few things we have in common here... Uh, Fire Eye Sports is our is our love for the Braves and uh, well, let me go on a little rant. Um, it was three to one in the National League Championship Series, and my co-host looked across and said, um, "It's over." And started looking up World Series and tickets. Looking up World <laughs> Series tickets. Um, and yes, I was gonna go to uh, Texas and uh, watch them. Since then, the Braves are atrocious. Uh, we we know how uh, it ended last year, and we know the uh, miser- you know the the abysmal start we started out this year. Um, thankfully, Acuna has been smashing the cover off the ball. Starting pitching has been pretty decent, but the bullpen and some hitting has created some major struggles in the Braves organization. Um, Bryce said is way more of a Braves insider than I consider myself, so I will let him rant um, on this topic. Well, I'll put it like this. My goal this year was to watch every game. And now I've still kept that goal, but it is a hard goal. A lot harder than I thought it would be. Because there's just some nights when we get down. Okay, the other night when Morton gave up six in the first. That that was hard to watch. Now, I kept watching, but it ain't fun to watch that. Charlie Morton's been a disappointment. I'll start with the starting pitching. Morton's been a disappointment. Drew Smiley has been terrible. That was one of the worst signings, probably the worst signing of the offseason for anybody. $11 million and he has done nothing. You, uh, Mike Soroka, who knows when he'll be back. He may not be back this year. Max Freed was awful, and then he got hurt. Now, he's came back and had two pretty good starts for us, so we're starting to see the Max Freed of last year. Uh, but the pleasant surprise on the pitching staff, I'll say, has been Huascar Enoa. And he's, I think he has a two two three ERA and three hundred batting average. Exactly, hitting the cover off the ball as well. So there are good spots on the pitching staff. Just need to get them healthy and get them back to their regular form. Now the bullpen is another story. I could not tell you what Alex Anthopoulos was doing this off season. We let um, 
Shane Green just walked, and now he is coming back. But I mean, we could have had him earlier. You, Chris Martin's been hurt all year. You let um, Mark Melanson walk, and he was the reliever of the month, the first month of the year, leading the league in saves. I think he has twelve or thirteen but saves already. The Padres. So, I mean, you let your three top choices from last year were gone for the first month. I have no clue why people like Luke Jackson and A.J. Minner pitch every single night. They're they're awful. Jesse Biddle, I don't know why he owns a major league uniform, even single A uniform. He's terrible. It's just it's very depressing watching our bullpen. They – we could be up seven runs in the last inning, and you don't feel safe about it. That That's crazy. You've got to fix that. Now, on the offensive side, yes, there are some good spots. Acuna's been hitting the cover off the ball, like you said. Freddie Freeman's starting to get back to that MVP form after a little slump. Ozuna's starting to hit the ball better. Austin Riley has really hit the ball well. He's batting around 300. Needs to hit a little more homers like we expect, but average, great. Um, uh, Adrianza, he's been hitting the ball good, leading off tonight for the Braves. So you've got spots on the offense. Just needs to come together. Need Dansby to start hitting the ball again. Need Ozuna to start hitting more homers. Ozzy's been hitting fine. Need to get him a little bit back. You just need to put it all together. But the bullpen really worries me right now. And if we don't fix it, then the Braves are probably going to even miss the playoffs. Yeah. If that's something that no pundit would have put, you know, in their predictions going into this year. Um, the Braves are vastly undermining expectations, and um, we've just got to fix that. Um, this is starting to remind me in very small doses of the Falcons' collapse after their Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Falcons were five minutes away from the Super Bowl ring, you know, really one field goal away from the yeah. Super Bowl ring, and then collapsed into missing the playoffs. I will say one thing, though, about him referring to that for you Braves fans listening, don't worry that much about it because we are still a really young team, and that Falcons team, you know, had Matt Ryan, who was what at the time, 32, 33, and I mean, so getting older in age. Julio, already, what, 27, 28 mm-hmm. when that happens, so older in age. is an older team. The Braves are still – yes, they have some older players, Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Izuna. But for the bulk, you've got Acuna, Soroka, Ozzy. All those players are 23 and younger. Yeah. So don't don't freak out. Too, freak out for this year maybe. Don't freak out for the future. But uh, let's get a little bit more happier in here. Let's cheer it up some. And uh, let's talk about uh, – we're going to go back down uh, I-75. We're going to go back to downtown. And we're going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I read. I read. I went back and made sure I had it right. Uh, we are projected to finish eighth, be in the play-in tournament, and have a record of thirty-six and thirty-six. They far exceeded those expectations. That's not going to happen. So um, the Hawks are going to end the season on a score of we're one game away against the league worst Houston Rockets. Um, and right now our total is forty to thirty-one. So even if we were to lose. We're going to be four games over predictions, and we're probably going to be five. Um, The Hawks right now are currently the fourth seed in the East with home court advantage. Um, There's a couple of scenarios that work out, but odds are the Hawks should be the number number four seed 
and have and host the New York Knicks in the first round as the Knicks would finish fifth and the Heat would finish sixth. Um, some really um under you know overrated teams going this year were the Raptors. Raptors are going to miss the playoffs. The mm-hmm. Celtics, who were predicted at one point to challenge the Nets for the title, are mm-hmm. going to be in the play-in tournament. Yeah, let me talk about them real quick. I have no, I don't understand the Celtics. They they've got so much. Ta- now I know Jalen Brown's out now, but he just got it. hurt. Yes, I'm just like they don't make much sense. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Kimball Walker, those three should be able to produce you a top three seed in these. You would believe so. Aren't producing. They're just not producing. You know, the as much as when I walked into the first half of this season, the Hawks were under five hundred out of the playoffs. Looking at eleven, I was like, we spent all that money for nothing. And mm-hmm. um, and that's half because the team had not come together yet, and half because, for lack of a better word, Lloyd Pierce was just not a good. Um, and I know people might say he didn't get the time. We gave him over four. We gave him over three seasons. He's this was just like three and a half seasons. He produced nothing. There was no develop. There's been more development of Trey Young and John Collins since Nate McMillan has taken over than Lord Pierce. I mean, Lord Pierce did in three and a half, three and a half plus seasons. Um, since Nate McMillan came became the coach, the Hawks are twenty five and eleven. Probably going to finish 26th and 11th, hoping we can beat the league-worst Houston Rockets. Um, that game is Sunday. So the Hawks have just done really well. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, formerly known as Bogey, uh, has just decided, I'm going to make the money that I came here to make. And he has played absolutely phenomenal. Um, John Collins has stepped up. Uh, Clint Capella has just been an absolute Tony rebound Snell. machine. Huh? Tony Snell. Tony Snell. We'll talk about him in just a second. But, yeah, Clint Capella's going to lead the league in rebounds this year. And I don't know the last time anybody from the Hawks has ever got close to that. Uh, sorry, I had to take a drink of my fruit punch. But, I mean, the last time we had a great rebounder was probably Al Horford, and he never sniffed the top five. He was good, but he yeah. was never he was never an absolute board machine. That, I mean, Clint Capella's had multiple 20-point yeah. rebounds. It feels guys. like every night me and Jackson will make prop bets when we yeah. get together and watch the Hawks or something, and – the line's always at 15, 16 rebounds for him, and none of us ever go the under. We're always go- betting over. Yeah, you got to. I mean, he's just like, and what's, and you know, we haven't seen this lineup a lot, but the lineup, I, I hope the playoff lineup becomes Trey Young, Bogdanovich, Gallo, Collins, Gallinari, that is, who's yeah. someone who's been underrated, and Clint Capella and John Collins. Now, we've, we've, spent, we've seen a lot of. Kevin Herter at the three, who's had a quietly good year. We've seen a lot of Tony Snell, who's not the greatest offensively, but he's been very good defensively. He's averaging 52 field goal percentage, 57 three-point percentage, 100% free throw. I don't think he's going to qualify in everything, but he is going to finish with one of the most – Would I think he's going to finish 50-50 and 100 with the most minutes anyone ever has. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's. I don't know if he has enough attempts, but he has enough minutes to qualify in that sense. So he's had a really good year. Um, there's been times where you've seen Nathan Knight, the undrafted rookie, have a great couple of games. Skyler, Skyler Mays Sky, had that little run. Skyler Mays had a round where he decided. Ever since we traded for Lou Will, he has been way more productive than Rondo was mm-hmm. for us. Um, Brandon Godwin shouldn't have a contract, but that's beside the point. Um, DeAndre Hunter, who's been hurt for most of the year, he's coming back. He's having some good games now. Um, Cam Reddish has been just hurt. 
after hurt after hurt, he's not really helped. But hopefully he'll be back in the playoffs. We'd love to plug and play him. You know, and uh, OO has been kind of a big disappointment. Uh, you know, you you hope when you spend the six pick on somebody, he turns out to be better than. Yeah. Him. He had that one game where he had seventeen points the other night, but that was that's like the only shining moment you can talk about. You know, and Nico Yuangbu. But. Well, let's talk about that first round matchup a little bit. The with we're assuming it will be the Knicks. I think that's a really interesting series. Before the beginning of the year, you asked most people. I would say forty, fifty percent of people have both teams not even in the playoffs, and now you're looking at a four and five matchup, and you've got young stars on both sides: Trey Young, uh, Hunter, Reddish, Collins, all them. Then on the other side, you've got Julius Randle, who's having that phenomenal year. I think Has he's going to be, be the, the most improved player. He's going to be the first Nick ever to average 20, 10, and 5. Yeah, he's got to be the most improved player. There's not even a question. R.J. Barrett's having a breakout RJ, year. Yes, Emmanuel Kev- Quick- Quickly's been playing good. Kevin Knox is still around, you know, knocking down some shots when need be. I mean, the Knicks, Knicks, everything clicked for the Knicks this year. Todd, he, you know, Tom Thibodeau came over, brought Derrick Rose because, you know, that's his guy. He brought over Todd Gibson and both times was able to play really well. You know, they've just put together a great run. Um, even though the Knicks have won all three series games this year against the Hawks, I would take Atlanta to win that series. This isn't, I mean, to my, I, I've been watching the Hawks on and off lately. To my knowledge, the two teams haven't played in a while, really, have they? They played the other night, um, probably about two, three weeks ago, okay. on a Wednesday, Tuesday night, something. But that was the game where Trey got hurt and the Knicks won in, like, double overtime. So, I mean, most of these games, I know they played early in the year. This ain't the same Hawks team that we no, saw. No, no, no. And the, in, the, in the day that well, Trey got hurt, in the, I, I watched that game because I was out in Athens and we sat down we were having some food and I watched most of that game. And um, the Hawks were winning by 10 when Trey Young went out. And they would eventually lose the game in, like, double overtime or overtime. To the Knicks. So, like, once yeah. Trey Young left the floor, the Knicks were able to come back and win. But that's the only game in the most recent, like, you know. Mm-hmm. But the Hawks were winning that game. So, um, that's going to be very interesting to see. I-, I would take the Hawks probably in, like, six. Uh, six or seven. I'm still up for debate for that one. But if I had to bet right now, I would probably go Hawks in seven. I think it'll go seven. And either way, it'll it'll be – I think it's going to be a, probably your most fun series to watch in the whole first round. Yeah, I would assume because, you know, I mean, let's just – let's fill out the bracket. I mean, Milwaukee, Miami, that could be interesting. It could, yes. I mean – Miami's getting the, healthy and playing really the good The play-in right, right now, it looks like it's going to be Boston, Charlotte at the 8, 7, 8, and then Indiana, Washington in the 9, 10. Let's just say – we take the top two teams of Boston and Charlotte. Um, Boston versus the Nets. Nets are probably going to run yeah. through them. Uh, Philadelphia, Charlotte. LaMelo might win a game or two, but, I mean, I don't think Philadelphia's going to have any problem. Nah. So then if you're looking at, like, all right. So, I mean, and, and we look over in the West. Um, the Jazz are number one. The Suns are two. But, you see, here's the thing in the West. If the Lakers sneak in at uh, eight, seven or eight, and they're healthy, we're expecting that first-round series to not even be close with the Lakers probably blowing out either the Jazz or Sun. Yeah, you I, would think, but I, I don't know. If I, a healthy team. Now, if they're not healthy, then no. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if they have time to even be healthy. Now, everybody might not be injured, but to rebuild yeah. the chemistry? I mean, there's two games left, and so 
let's say let's say the Lakers at most lose one game, so they play four more games before they have to start the playoffs. And LeBron hasn't even come back yet. So I mean, that's a very hard, you know, swing to say. Anthony Davis didn't play last night. Now sure they got the win, but yeah. you know, it's, if you want the Lakers to be the Lakers that we remember from their final run, they're running out of time quickly to yeah, rebuild that team. I agree. They're going to have to rebuild chemistry on the fly. So let's yeah. just say, as it stands right now, I think it would be it would be Jazz Warriors, good opening round series. Suns Lakers, good opening round series. Clippers, Clippers Blazers, and that's sometimes heated. And yeah. then Mavs Nuggets. So. Mavs Nuggets will probably be a fun one. Mavs yeah. Nuggets is probably going to be fun. So that's going to be an interesting little run. Um, I think the 9 and 10 in the West are the Spurs and the Grizzlies. Um, so you're going to see one of them play the Warriors, I mean, play the Losers or the Lakers Warriors. That's going to be an awesome playing game. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph versus LeBron, you know, to even have a right to play a series. Uh, but all things considered, who are you taking right now looking in? To win it all. To win it all. I mean, I know they haven't been the healthiest lately, but I just don't see how you can pick away from the Brooklyn Nets right now. Yeah. They're getting healthy. They're by, I mean, in the West, the Jazz and the Suns, I get they're really good teams, but that, are they you really picking of, them over the Nets in a seven-game series? They, the Jazz and the Suns remind me a lot of the 2015 Atlanta Hawks. Mm, and that, you just aren't going to pick them over the Nets in a seven-game series. No, you're, you're not. And, um... I don't, I see, this is what I don't know. I mean, it's a wide-open year, all right? So, like, you're not going to take the Suns and the Jazz, right? So do you take yeah. the Clippers to come out of the West? If the Lakers can somehow get healthy, I'm If going they can Lakers. get healthy. But if like, they're not, then yes, I'll probably go Clippers. Okay, so you go Clippers. So, like, you look to the East, all right? Let's just say the Nets somehow, they get, you know, there's the, the lineup that everyone expects to see in the playoffs, which is, which is Harden at the two, Kyrie at the one, Katie at the three, Blake Griffin at the four, and Nick Claxton at the five has played together like one minute all year. Like it's very like the playoff matchup that we all think we're gonna see is so so not experienced. And like I get and you have a young coaching staff and Steve Nash. Steve Nash is gonna be put in situations where he's gonna have to learn how to win games, sometimes not based on talent. Because eventually now like look, when they get to the first round and they're playing against the you know, let's just say the seventh seed right now is the Boston Celtics without Jalen Brown. They, they really they can talent their way through that. Yeah. All right, but let's say in round two you get the Milwaukee Bucks. You got, got Giannis who can go right up with Kevin Durant. You got Drew Holiday. You got Chris Middleton. I mean, they. You've got PJ Tucker now to come in and help you against Blake Griffin and some of the other guys. You're not gonna bully through that series. Let's say, let's say Miami was to upset. All right. I heard something today. Is I was listening to Mike Greenberg on the way to work, and he said, "Now, if he had to bet, he would take the Nets over the field in the East. But if he had to go the field, the one team that he would like feel the most confident in is the Miami Heat. But the Miami Heat can replicate what they did last year. They're getting healthy at the right time. They're getting hot again. Yep." Can they do what they did last see, year? That's one of the reasons I don't want to see the Hawks and the Heat play first round. Yeah. That does not give me a good feeling as an Atlanta Hawk. But all that considered, I would probably take right now. I know this is kind of like dumb, but I'm kind of feeling it. I would say, give me. 
I think I think the Lakers lose the first playing game to the Warriors. So I'm thinking, give me Suns Lakers Western Conference Finals. Give me Philadelphia. I really want to say Atlanta, but that's just not smart. <laughs> give me Philadelphia Brooklyn and give me give me Philly Suns in the finals. And who win it? Philly. Probably. I just don't think the Suns are experienced enough. But, I mean, like, if the Suns can get out of the first round, like, let's say they can beat the Warriors, they play maybe the Clippers, maybe the maybe the Nuggets, the Blazers, you know, somebody like that. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of – the West has got a lot of seeding things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully after the seeding's all done, we'll have another podcast and we'll talk about all that. All right, and let's hit our last topic of discussion before we end, and we're going to talk about some of the rookie – who we think will have the biggest rookie impacts and for the NFL and stuff like that after the draft. Okay, so what rookie will have the greatest immediate impact for their team? Immediately? Yes. I'm going to say Panay Sewell. Um, you could just see Dan Campbell in the Detroit Lions locker rooms, you know, celebrate immensely. Um, as soon as they um, were able to get Sewell at the seventh pick in the draft, um, that's going to be a great pickup for them. I think he's immediately going to start, and he's going to help, you know, hopefully create a running attack in Detroit that we've rarely seen since yeah. Barry Sanders. And I, I like that pick, and I thought about it, but my thought process behind that was the lines are still going to be awful. My pick is Rashawn Slater, who went to the Chargers. Now, I think that he could potentially make Justin Herbert maybe a MVP caliber quarterback and that could boost the Chargers to be a championship contender. Now, right. I know they get some pieces back on defense. Sterling James, Bosa, they're going to be healthy. So, they're going to be better. Yeah. But can Herbert be that MVP caliber quarterback to put them over the top? And I think Rashawn Slater makes them that. Yeah, also a shout-out to Davis Mills. While he's probably not going to be a great quarterback, you know, the Texans <laughs> can take a quarterback with their first pick for nothing, you know. They might be without Deshaun Watson, and Tyrod Taylor has never been the most sustainable guy. He could get in really quickly and start playing games in the NFL. Mm-hmm. All right, so our second question. After seeing who went where in the draft, who was your biggest steal? Um, I'm going to say Aziz Ojolari, 50th to the New York Giants. Um, I watched the end of the first round after refing softball games, and my entire time, sitting in my um, fraternity house was when are they taking Aziz? When are they taking Aziz? And to see edge rusher after edge rusher after edge rusher, you know, dominate the late second round, late, excuse me, late first round with no Aziz Ojolari on the board. And then from him to go all the way from 32 to 50th, he got picked like 30 picks behind his draft grade. Um, he goes to a great situation for U- UGA linebackers. In, um, in New York, Lorenzo Carter succeeded up there. Alec Ogletree. Alec Ogletree succeeded up there. There's a lot of people in that New York Giants organization that loves the Georgia Bulldogs, and the Georgia Bulldogs love them because they know. I think it's. I don't know if there's like a connection between coaching plans, but it seems like the Georgia Bulldogs alumni that go into the New York Giants organization seem to have an immediate kickoff. I think Aziz is going to do really well up there in MetLife Stadium. Well, I like that pick. I like what Joe Judge is doing up there in New York. really like him as a coach. And you know I was high on Aziz. I had him as my 14th overall player before the draft. But the player that I have, I had him 11th overall. And he fell two spots below Aziz. I have Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa out of Notre Dame. 
I just think he's going to be a steal for the Browns. In our mock draft, I had him, I think, 26th overall to the Browns in the first round. Well, he did fall to the Browns, but the second round, they need it. They have a need at linebacker, and I think he's going to fill in, and that's going to be the biggest steal of the draft. Yeah, he's going to be awesome. We talked about this off air. We both agree that this guy is the guy. You know, when you, when you immediately, when they said steal of the 2021 NFL draft, we both thought, you know, Jock, he was a great guy, great guy in Notre Dame. And um, the Browns luckily is able to get him in the second round, even though we projected him in the first. Greg Newsom, who they did get in the first round, he should be pretty good. Cornerback mm-hmm. out of Northwestern. Um, the Browns did a really good draft. They also got recently yep. count later in the year. So just a shout out to the Browns right there as they build into, you know, maybe a 16 and 0 franchise more than an 0 and 16 franchise. Yeah. All right. So who is going to be your offensive rookie of the year prediction? I'm going to go kind of outside of the box, but not really. Devontae Smith. And the reason I say that is three reasons. One, he knows his quarterback. They don't have to build chemistry. Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith are going to do really well. Because people forget this. Devontae Smith is the one that caught the pass, mm-hmm. you know, over Malcolm Parrish to win this national championship back yeah. when it was Georgia-Alabama. Mm-hmm. Two attack of Aloha only played a half of that entire year. So Devontae Smith as a freshman knew Jalen Hurts really well. Yeah. They got to go they got to, they grew together, they played together, you know. And also, when's the last time the Eagles have had a really good wide receiver? Not like a decent wide receiver. Maybe Alshon if, Jeffrey maybe if you count in the Alshon, beginning of his career. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's been, been a, a long time coming and the coach, uh, Serrani, uh, he's a he's a competitor, he's an offensive mind, he knows what he's gonna do. I think Devontae Smith is really gonna flourish in the in the NFC East because the, the Cowboys secondary isn't that good. The Washington football team secondary isn't that good. The New York Giants secondary isn't that good. Smith can have a great run up there at yeah. Lincoln Financial Field in that division. He can. I think people are sleeping on Devontae Smith, and I think people are sleeping on Jalen Hurts. Now, do I think Hurts is going to be an all-world quarterback? No, but I think he's going to be an all-right starter. He'll, he'll, he'll earn his key. Yeah. I think or my pick is an obvious. I'm going Trevor Lawrence. I'm really high on him. I think he's the greatest quarterback prospect of our time. You give him DJ Chark, you add Marvin Jones. He's got decent playmakers, not great. You give him Travis Etienne in the draft, James Robinson. I mean, you've got a solid supporting cast. I think the Jaguars are going to come out and win five, six, seven games, and he's going to do enough to get the award. See, like we, like me and you both agree, he's the best player in this draft. You know, maybe outside, you know, a couple of other people, but I just don't know if he'll do enough at the Jaguars this year alone to get the rookie of the year. Yeah. I think he's going to end up being, like, the best player, but I don't know if he'll do enough stat-wise to, you know, achieve that nod this year. Mm-hmm. All right, so who is your defensive rookie of the year? I think I'm going to take Zayvon Collins, linebacker from Tulsa, who went to the Arizona Cardinals. That kid is a maniac. He re- he's got a little bit of that Bobby Boucher in him from the Waterboy. <laughs> like, line him up on the other side of the building and say, go get the quarterback. And yeah. he does. He, he was awesome at Tulsa. Fiery spirit. He's going to be down there in that Cardinals defense that's just – that Cardinals team is just loaded. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a second. But, you know, he's going to be right next to Isaiah Simmons. He's going to be right next to J.J. Watt now. Can you imagine all of them coming off one side of the ball? Chandler Jones. You know, that's just going to be a very intense – and I think he can do really well in that system. But, like, the Cardinals loaded up this year. They got James Conner at running back. They stole A.J. Green. They got DeAndre Hopkins. You know, they still need to fix their tight end position, but they can get that eventually. I mean, Kyler Murray's back. That's going to be a great team down there in the desert. My pick is Jamin Davis. He went 19th overall, was it, to the uh, football team? 
And, you know, they've already got a really solid defense. But they did have a little bit of a need at linebacker. And he's 6'4", 235, big physical guy out of Kentucky. Kentucky always produces physical guys. But Dupree. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just think that he's going to fit right in and be really well in their system. Well, I think it's Duke because especially if they can line him up on the same side as Chase Young, let Chase rush off the head, everybody bites him, yeah. then he was right through the hole. Mm-hmm. All right, and our last question. This is the most interesting, I think. What rookie quarterback has the best chance to start a playoff game? Not play in one, but to start one. Trey Lance. Reason being, all right, let's just go down the list. All right, so we'll just go first round because I don't think anybody after the first round is really going to have a chance to start, minus barring some injuries that we can't see. So, Trevor, rough position. They're not going to make the playoffs. Zach Wilson, Rough position. Not gonna make the playoffs. You know, you can you can make the argument for Justin Fields. You can make the argument for Mac Jones. I don't really feel confident about they got higher chances than the first two, mm-hmm. but they're not good. The 49ers are a playoff team. They might Absolutely. not make it, but they're a they playoff are. team. And Jimmy G has for years been injury prone and questioned in that mm-hmm. front office. They wouldn't have traded up if they didn't believe he was the guy. I agree. I mean, Jimmy G already is, you know, on the trade market. So if anybody at any time, somebody gets hurt week one, Jimmy G has gone. Trey yeah. Lance will start. I, I, I agree with that, and I kind of wanted to go Lance too, but I also wanted to go with Justin Fields just because I think if he can step into that Bears, I think he will start before Trey Lance starts. And I think yes. that the, if he can be – what we think he can, the Bears are going to be a really dangerous team. They still have really good defense. They've got Allen Robinson, kid that I'm really high on, Darnell Mooney. You get him a quarterback, he can catch some passes. Dirty route runner. He's just hadn't had a quarterback. So I think that they could be a really solid team. So I'm going Justin Fields. Now I think Trey Lance, Trey Lance's team has the best chance to make the playoffs, I think. Mm-hmm. But will he start is the question. I think Justin Fields is your starter no later than week three or four. He could play at SoFi Stadium week one when you know, Matthew Stafford and the Rams play, host him. So, all that considered, um, it's going to be an interesting you know, summer as we look into the fall. It's going to be a great time covering the NBA playoffs. I feel like this is the most wide-open NBA playoffs in most recent history. Yeah. Probably since the turn of the century because, I mean, you had the Cavs-Warriors dynasty for a mm-hmm. while and the Lakers, you know, Last year were the team to beat. The Clippers were a powerhouse. The Heat. The Man. Heat were really good. You know, in 2012, you know, the Thunder mm-hmm. had a couple years run with KD. You know, the Mavs, that one year of destiny, were that good. You know? Nobody really looks that way going into this year. I mean, maybe the Nets and the Lakers on paper, but there's injury concerns yeah, for both, both teams. Absolutely. You know, and they're not, not minor injury concerns. Like, these are major ones. Yep. So, it's going to be really – it kind of reminds me – of the Cleveland Cavaliers injury run when LeBron took the team practically by himself to the mm-hmm. finals. But that's when LeBron was healthy. When LeBron's yeah. not healthy, the Lakers team's kind of dead. Not the same. It's not the same. Same thing with the Nets. The Nets, they're all getting healthy again, but they have not played together. There's no chemistry. There's no glue. There's no cohesion between them all. So it'll be interesting to see how Steve Nash and Frank Vogel, you know, uses his team as they head into the playoffs. Um, Suns and the Jazz are really good this year, supposedly. You know, there's some teams, you know, like the Heat, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Bucks. You know, on the other side, the Mavs have had a really good year. The Blazers, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are playing out of their minds. Both of those teams could make some noise. I think everybody can make some noise in the playoffs this year. Yep. All right, so we're going to end on how we used to end with a hot take. Mm-hmm. You got one for us? The Hawks make the Eastern Conference Finals. 
Okay. And I, and I think that could actually happen because the Knicks, you get lucky, you could beat the Knicks in seven games. Yes. All right? And you play Philly. Philly's known for choking in the playoffs. If Capella can do something with him, be I mean, shut him down or not show him down, you can't show him down. But I mean, if you Contain can control him, then. All right, so let's they just, don't have much of an offensive threat. That's what I'm saying, because Trey Young can outscore Ben Simmons. Mm, Bogey can outscore Seth Curry. Yep, and John, all you got to do is find something for Tobias Harris. And John Collins can probably do that. He's not the biggest offensive yeah. threat. So then it's just going to come down, can Kevin Herter produce? Can DeAndre Hunter produce? Can Can Cam Reddish come back and settle? Can Tony Snell be a freaking man for once in his life? Mm-hmm. It'll all be interesting. The Hawks have the talent to make the run. They're young. They're naive. They're just going to have to buy into David McMillan. And hopefully they can make a run. All right. And my hot take is your MVP, Ronald Acuna, leads the Braves to their fourth straight division championship. And we make it to the second round of the playoffs, but exit there. I just think the way Ronald Acuna's playing, there's not much who's going to compete with him for the MVP outside of DeGrom. It'll be interesting to see how this injury works, though. Yeah. So, I'm, he, should, he should be back some either – he's not in the lineup tonight, but either tomorrow or Sunday I would expect him back. Okay. So, I think that we still will win, end up winning the division if we can just fix the bullpen even a little bit. And, but I will say we probably make a first or second round exit. I'm going to say second, though. Just keep my hopes up. We at least win one series. Yeah. All right. Do you have any closing remarks? Go Hawks, go Braves, and um, go Gators. I mean, yeah. we we got a final four matchup tomorrow. Hopefully yep, give them another shout-out. Remember, listen on 912sports.net, and go Gators. Y'all go get them.